The Echo Chamber, brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by the international broadcast specialist, Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Echo Chamber podcast. This is Arun Sudharman from The Homes Report and I'm joined on today's show by Kanchana TK, who is the head and the board member for the Organization of Pharmaceutical Producers of India. Kanchana, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Arun. It's a great pleasure to talk to you today. I wondered if we could start um, by perhaps explaining what exactly, uh, I'm going to call it OP because it's, it's much less of a mouthful, what exactly OP does and what exactly you do at OP India? So let me start with uh, OPPI and its mission in India. So we're 54 years old, so uh, we're middle-aged. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been here uh, primarily to ensure that the Indian patient has access to world-class medicines, best-in-class treatments, and the latest medicines that could impact his life in a very positive way. That is the mission and vision of OPPI, and it has been so for the last 54 years. Mm. Um, I lead OPPI on a three-part agenda. Uh, One is to advocate with policy makers to ensure that innovation, research, both are encouraged not just by the way policies are designed, but also through working with the government and institutions in India. Mm -hmm. The second piece would be to encourage ethical marketing practices in pharma and again work with policymakers to see whether India can come up with a mandatory policy because it's critical for patients to know that the relationship that they share with the doctor is based on trust and there are no other interferences from marketeers. I think that's a very critical advocacy angle. Mm-hmm. The, the other very important piece for, uh, for the Indian ecosystem uh, f- for OPPI as an agenda, but more so for the patient, is the access to quality medicines and the value that it can bring to human life. I think these would be the three in the policy uh, um, you know, ecosystem that I work with the policymakers on. Mm-hmm. The second piece, of course, is the most important piece. Also, is the media. So, mm. the media being an extremely critical stakeholder, given that content in science, content in research, medical content, uh, content of pharma is available today, but in bits and pieces, not so much. Uh, tailor-made for India. So OPPI does take that role in tailor-making that content for Indian patients, the Indian ecosystem, and we try and work with uh, multiple media partners, multi-channel media, to ensure that this message is delivered to the patient and to the end consumer uh, in a simple form that they can understand uh, you know, what it means uh, for a pharma advocacy group that is advocating not only for a, a better ecosystem for India, but also for them. Mm. And the third and the most important piece actually uh, is the patient advocacy. 
the patient advocacy is really working with patient groups that at, at this point have minimal access or no access to uh, medicines that could be in the area of rare diseases, could be in the area of specialty uh, medicine, could be in the area of AIDS, hepatitis C, which are public health issues, uh, could most importantly today, the big antibiotic threat that we all face, it could be in the area of working with patient groups to ensure that there's rational use of antibiotics. So I think it's a three-part agenda that I lead, uh, but most importantly, the patient is at the center of all of these activities. Mm, okay, so we'll, come, we'll talk a little bit about um, the communications work you're doing at OPPI and the media challenges and opportunities. But before that, I wanted to find out how exactly you came to your current role? Because before that, before this, you were working uh, in corporate affairs and public affairs for Bristol Myers Squibb. Um, what was it about OPPI that attracted you, and what is it about the job that you particularly enjoy? That's a great question. I think I had a bit of a, a, a certain hesitancy before I really switched jobs. Um, I had a few reservations, but I think all of them are unfounded today. Um, mm. I think OPPI is a platform that cuts across agendas of companies. So, you know, we really, uh, every, every company is profitable entity. They have an agenda uh, and it's absolutely understandable. Uh, but OPPI cuts across those agendas. I think OPPI establishes um, uh, a certain, uh, you know, responsibility that we have towards patients in this country. And it gives us an opportunity, like I said, to be creative, to be innovative, um, not just in, uh, you know, not just in the way we conduct our uh, uh, advocacy outreach, but also when we work with communication tools, uh, we've been very innovative, very creative. And I think OPPI is able to give us that platform. So I think that is highly engaging for me. Um, mm -hmm. The reason I took this role was also because I recognized that when you work for individual companies, you're very caught up with the whole product portfolio, uh, business numbers, uh, limited access issues. Uh, but when you sit at the OPPI table, uh, whether it's vaccines, which is preventive, whether it is um, your branded generic medicine, which is your day, go to, you know, everyday go-to uh, medicines, whether it is your uh, antibiotics, whether it is the most serious illnesses that get cured, whether it is hepatitis C or whether it is cancer, I think it cuts across all these portfolios. And I would never have been able to get that opportunity to be exposed to so much uh, that the companies are doing, if not for OPPI. So I think for me, OPPI got me uh, not only exposed, but also gave me an opportunity to be responsible for not just talking about one portfolio of medicines, but we kind of looked at uh, prevention, disease management, cure, and we can today sit and talk to media or to policymakers on the future of medicine. Whether mm. it is um, biologics that are going to replace synthetic chemistry, whether it is technology that's going to play a role in uh, the pharma world, whether it's 3D printing that's going to take over. I mean, the, it's amazing uh, the spectrum of things that you can talk about uh, when you're at OPPI. I think that really provides me uh, an opportunity to grow 
in terms of my own knowledge but also i think um, it also allows us an opportunity to work with policy makers to ensure that we become more innovative in policy making uh, like we become creative in communications we need to become more innovative in policy making uh, because innovations are not just restricted to products it's also about how policy makers view them mm. so let's talk a little about how you are becoming more creative in terms of communications um i mean we are obviously aware that the whole communications um approach is changing across the healthcare industry um but for a long time it it hasn't been an industry that has necessarily been at the forefront of communications transformation um and secondly of course you're working at you know industry groups themselves have not always been necessarily um the most forward thinking uh in terms of their kind of uh, their their communications activity um but that's a little bit different i think at oppr because you've been doing some work which seems to be um quite futuristic compared to the 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 general approach to healthcare comms i think it's a, it's a great question um and i i think i would i would really um pass on the credit of being disruptive in a way uh but also bold and creative to my team members especially my colleague babna i think it takes a lot of effort when you have to step out there and in a traditional pharma ecosystem which is true which is what you said pharma mm-hmm. is traditionally very um you know risk averse they do not want to take chances with the way the communication uh, modules or methods or uh, or uh, channels are uh we are uh, not very bold when we come to uh, talking about our own work i think at some point to take that bold decision to cut through uh, a lot of traditional uh, setting is uh, is hard but we did it at oppi um i also think uh, at least for the innovator research industry i think the associations uh, not just oppi and I, my even my colleague associations uh but it's pharma or it's uh, ifpma we seem to be a little more bold because we represent the industry and mm-hmm. i think we have the opportunity there to step out there and say okay we are going to be creative about this piece of work we are going to be a bit bold uh we are going to say it like it is because what is not there to say i mean we've been we we are spending years of our life our scientists are in the labs trying to create the next best thing to help people i think mm. somewhere to be able to go out there and say it in a very different way in a very creative way using different channels i think uh, it is a step that the associations have taken including oppi taking the lead on it uh, especially for science and innovation uh, and i think uh, it's a bit hard because uh, when you try and establish science through art it's a, it's got its own challenges um and the challenges are not because uh, you know you you don't know how to do it it's just the challenges are both at the uh, the industry side and on the uh, the communication expert side they've never done it before right so mm-hmm. uh, we're we're all kind of scoping each other out uh but i think it's a great spot that we're slowly moving towards uh, where healthcare comms is kind of becoming uh bolder uh very innovative creative focused on the final message 
Um, of mm. course, India, you know, in India, we have to do a lot more work there. I think uh, whether it's the clients here or it's the agencies or it's the channels, we, we're getting there. Uh, but the Brazilians have beaten us to that. They're really mm. good. So, <laughs> yeah. So, could you give us um, s- some examples of the work that you've been doing uh, and, and why you think um, it, it does help? perhaps in reframing some of the traditional approaches um, to the challenges that, that OPPI and, and maybe the broader pharmaceutical industry faces in India? Yeah, so, you know, this is like a, this is like a treadmill you can't get off, you know, when you're between the media and the pharma industry, it's like uh, uh, we're just running to reach a goal, which I, I don't think either of us can reach because I'll tell you the problem lies in uh, when you're just talking prices, right? Um, mm-hmm. And you never talk about the efforts of innovation. I think we just turned it around. Mm-hmm. Um, when we talk to people, um, I think the fact that we've always been uh, asked questions about price, asked about why our access is not available, uh, asked about uh, a million things that really, you know, we are not even supposed to be uh, answering. It's hard when they don't understand the beginning of the story and that the beginning of the story is in the labs, in the research and development uh, and in innovation. I think these things is what we needed to do to start talking about these things. Mm. The second thing is I think in a, uh, you know, in a post-truth world that we live in today, uh, it's very hard to establish science as the hero. Uh, and we, but we had to do that. There was no other way uh, uh, to communicate what we do, communicate the value of what we do, except establish science as the hero, which it is. Science is the hero. Uh, I think we turned that around. That's the first thing we did. Uh, the second piece is that I think pharma industries also recognized uh, that um, just talking to traditional media will not help. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very much a part of our uh, of our uh, of our plan. They're very much a part of our outreach, but just them will not help. So I think we also started talking to um, hybrid media. We started talking to uh, audiovisual media, which is podcast, uh, radios, YouTube's blogs, short videos. Uh, but again, when you have to establish a lot of content then we had to go to uh, publication because it's so much content to to be able to be either delivered or absorbed by the audience uh, through audiovisual mediums or hybrid mediums is hard. You can do short bits of it. Uh, But I think uh, uh, podcasts are something that we believe um, and we are looking at doing something more in the future in the podcast space. We do believe it gives us an opportunity to take up the whole uh, pharma value chain and break it up uh, into bits and pieces and, and, and you know, kind of narrate it in a story form uh, where people are able to connect. So uh, I would say using different channels, be more creative in content, uh, customize content to the audience. Um, also do, um, uh, you know, I also keep it a bit engaging. I think uh, what we do sometimes as the pharma industry, because we are so scientific, because we are so data driven, uh, we tend to lose the connect with the audience because after a point people lose us. 
Mm. And I think to be able to tell that in a story is something that OPPI has done very effectively and will continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things there I also wanted to mention was that all these things matter to patients, uh, whether it is quality, whether it is over-the-counter drugs, whether it's antibiotic misuse, whether it is vaccinations, whether it is a cure for Alzheimer's, whether it's a cure for old age dementia or Parkinson's, everything matters because everything happens in all our lives. It's just that we have to find a way to tell the story very engagingly. So, you know, in a continuation or an effort to do this, uh, we published, you know, we kind of published, uh, made, uh, made public this book called In Science mm-hmm. We Trust, uh, where it is a book that talks about science as the hero, establishes mm. what's happening in science, establishes what the future could look like. Uh, and the future is here right now as we speak. It's just that uh, people need to know, like technology is changing their lives, so is science in uh, healthcare. Uh, I think that understanding uh, and that effort uh, is what made us come out with this publication, which was very well received. Um, in fact, we had uh, the Honorable Prime Minister himself send us an acknowledgement in appreciation of this publication. Um, and hopefully he felt it would encourage more research in the country. Mm. That triggered our second campaign that we launched this year in August, uh, which focuses on research. Mm -hmm. Uh, We called it the Refreshing Research. It's a complete digital campaign. But what we made, uh, you know, we made it slightly different. We've actually engaged with the young minds in the country. We work with all the NIPERS, which are the pharmacy colleges owned by the government uh, as a first stage. We will have students drive this campaign. We have just created the platform. We expect them to drive it. We want to encourage students to pick up research and in science as one of their career options. Because unless we have innovation and research and development in India, respect for innovation and understanding of the effort of innovation will always be lacking. And that is important for us to do that. It's just, it's also very important for the country to establish good research centers and encourage young people to take up research. We're also trying through that campaign, um, you know, we all know that if you know how to code, you're cool. Uh, mm-hmm. But not too many people think that being a researcher or being an R&D person in a pharma company is cool, but I think it is. And I think mm-hmm. the, the, the younger people need to choose to search as one of their career options. We hope that this digital campaign, again, very innovatively designed, uh, be having uh, some, uh, you know, some fun elements. Uh, we're, uh, we're trying to get the students involved. We'll have a wildcard entry for other colleges to enter. We believe that this campaign will establish the importance of research in colleges, in science colleges, and will encourage, hopefully, more students to take up research as a career option in pharma. Okay, excellent. So it sounds like it's been quite a thorough rethink of OPPIs and indeed the pharma industry's communication strategy and indeed its execution. Um, Have you won over... Uh, the media, as you have mentioned, I think the media can can be skeptical when it comes to big pharma. I think in India, the media can be particularly skeptical. Have you won them over? 
I, I think it's, uh, I wouldn't use the word one over, but I would definitely say that we're talking to each other. Hmm. Uh, there is a point of view uh, that we hold. And I think the media today appreciates the point of view. Um, of course, in countries like India, which are developing nations, uh, they have a whole set of complex issues um, that are overwhelming uh, and will continue to hold center stage. But I think the importance of innovation, respect for uh, innovation, proper intellectual property rights, and it's not just pharma, it could be anything. I think uh, the media has uh, kind of accepted and respected us for that. I think we're happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, that we are unapologetic about being uh, proud of our innovation and we believe that intellectual property protection, uh, it's not just for the pharma industry, for any innovation is critical for growth of new ideas uh, and uh, new innovations. Now, of course, the media isn't your only stakeholder group. You're, you're an organization of pharmaceutical producers, so you have you have numerous members that are stakeholders. Did you face any resistance to them when it comes to perhaps modernizing your approach to communications? I think uh, the, the industry members are uh, and the pharma members of OPPI are very supportive. Mm. Um, we uh, debated this uh, many times. Um, uh, we have also agreed that it's time to be creative, to be more bold in our messaging. Uh, because uh, one thing that we've never forgotten in all our messaging or in all our creativity that uh, the patient remains still at the center. And uh, I think what it also has done has uh, kind of moved away from profit to purpose. Mm. I think the, the understanding that we're not here just for the profits, uh, it is, we are here because we have a purpose. We have a purpose to deliver uh, new cures, new treatments, better quality of life, uh, prevention of diseases, um, and, and, and I think uh, just better mortality. I mean, if, you, if you're going to live up to 100 years, uh, we want you to live well. Uh, and I think the fact that that purpose also drives us, I think that is something that we've been able to establish. And that I would think is a more uh, I don't know if I would call it a modernization of communication. I think we, I would call it uh, just sharp and focused messaging of our communication. Mm. It's interesting because, you know, it's the kind of effort that I think will resonate because, it, you know, for the industry to stand for something more than just business as usual, uh, you would think is, is, is a more powerful um, approach. Uh, and it's not, I mean, frankly, it's not something we see a lot of from, um, from, from many industry groups from other sectors, let's say. Um, so I think it is quite an in interesting approach. How do you feel that it, it kind of ties into the, the broader transformation um, of communications in the healthcare industry? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, I think with, if I can say this myself, it might sound extremely, uh, Compass, but I think we're two, two steps ahead. Mm. I think the healthcare comms is moving more and more towards uh, purpose. I think it's also moving towards 
uh, understanding that while we all are doing what we're doing, uh, innovation really is uh, almost loses its utility if it is not delivered for the right purpose. I think mm -hmm. that if we are able to kind of establish clearly, uh, I think half the battle is won. Uh, and, and I also think that healthcare comms as they move along, um, like I said, there's some fantastic campaigns that are coming out of Brazil, uh, mm. which, which, uh, which are talking about the same thing. How do we use innovation, not just in the way we deliver the message, but really, you know, kind of on the ground uh, or using apps or using art uh, how do we really get people to be involved with their own health, right? So if you see uh, the recent campaign that won at Cannes, uh, the GSK China uh, COPD, it was all about uh, glass blowing. It was about art. It was about getting people to do something as simple as that to, to, to get them to see whether they really need to go to a doctor and do further tests. I think to be able to do those things, um, it also establishes purpose because, um, you know, if you just look at it, honestly, we can just go about business as usual, talk about our products, talk about our brands, uh, talk about, you know, uh, what we could do, but really trying to go a little beyond to start talking to uh, the man on the street, if I may, uh, to connect with him. What? I mean, we're trying to use all those tools, right? We're trying to use art. We're trying to use books. We're trying to use colleges. We're trying to use audiovisual. I think the attempt is there. Uh, I do believe uh, all our member companies are doing some fantastic, phenomenal work over the last year. You will see much more of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I also think in a way technology is helping us to do that uh, mm -hmm. because we are able to use a lot of apps, and a lot of um, AI, for example. There's this fantastic mm. campaign on AI on a Parkinson's patient's mind because mm. caregivers don't understand the mind and how do you use AI, right? So, I mean, mm. I mean it's brilliant. But those are the things I think uh, will, will, will modernize communications, like you asked me last time, was uh, using of technology, using of AI, using of uh, maybe cartoons, I don't know, maybe using textbooks, but anything that can can ensure that we connect with the with a common man to ensure that he understands what these companies are doing uh, are, is, is extremely uh, important. Um, and I think I think companies are moving towards that. So that I would truly believe is, is a modernization of communications in a sense. Mm. It's a really interesting point you made about um, innovation just for the sake of it. Uh, just for, for my final question, is there a risk perhaps that people feel that uh, people feel displaced or maybe even afraid of the pace of innovation? Um, true. Uh, I think that that's always happens with change. Uh, but I would say that I think, I think people adapt. To me, mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, ecosystems change. Uh, people adapt. Um, I mean, who knew, right? Uh, we would be talking in a podcast today about innovation. So I think mm -hmm. in a way there is a bit of, um, there is of course, some sense of um, some sense of yes that it's possible that uh, you know in the face of all this it might look it might be overwhelming it might be disruptive uh, but I think uh, finally as communicators uh, we need to respond to what the ecosystem is out there and if the ecosystem out there is podcast 
audiovisual. It's uh, YouTube. Uh, it's talking to people through apps, AI. I don't know what it is, but if we are responsive, uh, and tomorrow it could be something totally different. Uh, but I think that is a key key job of communications to ensure that we're responsive to our clients, uh, to to policymakers, and to the patients uh, who are really uh, you know uh, looking forward to being. And and by the way, today we have extremely uh, you know, uh, curious customers. Uh, mm. They are on technology all the time uh, and they love content. It's not that they don't, they are, they are consuming content like never before. So I think uh, one of the other things that pharma industries, uh, you know, across the globe, uh, and especially our members are doing is being very agile. Mm. Uh, they beat our business models. Uh, be it our communications, be it our policy making, we're very agile. And if you're not agile, uh, you will end up being a fossil mm. uh, or a dinosaur. But I think, I think that's where I would look at it. Well, Kanchana, thank you so much for your time. It sounds like a, a fascinating time for the Indian pharma industry. And it's, it's very interesting to see the work that is emerging. Um, hopefully we can get you on the show again in the not too distant future uh, to, to, to talk more about uh, some of your latest campaigns. Um, thank you very much. Thank you, Arun. It's a pleasure talking to you. You've been listening to The Echo Chamber. Brought to you by The Homes Report and produced by Marketeers. Sponsored by The Bullet Group, putting you in tomorrow's conversations today.